0: Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. Uh, I I think it's just such an exciting time right now to be a part of this house. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention the last few weeks as to what God's been speaking. Has anybody been paying attention to what God's been saying from Wednesday to Sunday to prayer times to all these different things? God is uh, preparing us. He's working on us. He's uh, causing even some of us to tag team preach we're not even trying to. And uh, that's kind of what Brandon and I have been doing the last few weeks. And uh, that might continue tonight. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, but God is speaking a word for this house because we are in an absolute essential season. Amen. We are in a season where God is trying to cultivate our mindset as individuals and as a group, where God is trying to shift our thinking and our focus to try to get us missional and purpose-driven and relational and all the things that His body ought to be. Amen. And, and things that we have been at times and things that we need to be again. So I'm excited. I'm grateful to be a part of what God's doing in this season. Um, I think it started even back with Bishop Clowers back in May when he challenged us to be speaking spirits in this city and in this region. When he challenged us to be voices that are speaking out the truth of the goodness the greatness and the might and the power of God into the air of our city. Amen? Because most of what's going on out in the air is negative and and heavy and evil. And we've got to combat that with the Word of God, with the truth of who God is. It's one thing to to just believe that God is all these things. It's another thing to proclaim that God is all these things over Winchester, over our homes, over our neighborhoods. Amen? It's an entirely different thing to take the offensive and to use our voice as a weapon, not just as a means to experience our own spiritual chill bumps, our own spiritual highs that we like to experience. We're Pentecostals, man. We enjoy that stuff. It feels good to feel the Holy Ghost on you, doesn't it? It feels good to feel that 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 language welling up from deep inside you. It's it's awesome, but it's not all there is. Amen. And and honestly, if spiritual gifts and Pentecostalism and falling on the floor—if that was enough to change the world, it'd been changed by now. Amen. But it's not. There's more. We're more dimensional beings. We're meant to be more dimensional and and uh, relative in our culture than perhaps what we have allowed ourselves to believe. So God's challenging that in us. That's what I feel. God's challenging that in us, and he's, he's challenging us to be that, that speaking spirit. He's challenging us to be missional. He's challenging us to, yes, plant churches, but to plant churches full of people of power, churches full of people of love, people that are not just spiritually gifted but spiritually fruitful. And, man, that's what we're called to be. That's what we're called to do in this region and in this time. And and we are we're we're going to be a church of spiritual fathers and mothers that raise up spiritual sons and daughters to be spiritual fathers and mothers. Amen. That's what God is calling us to. And as He is shifting and cultivating our mindset, as He's directing our focus, we have to allow what He is saying to penetrate deep down. And I was so appreciative of uh, Brandon being willing to fill in for me last Wednesday. I was out of town last last Wednesday on vacation, and right before I left, I, I called him kind of late notice, and I said, man, could you cover Wednesday for me? And he's like, yeah, what, what do you want me to talk about? What are you feeling? I was like, man, I have nothing. I am tapped out. I was ready for vacation. And uh, he said, all right, well, I, I'm thinking about this thing about the heart. And I was like, go for it. Whatever you think, man. I, I'm not worried about it. And I heard it was awesome. And, and we were talking about it Sunday after church, and what a word, Sunday. Hey, Amen. What a word that was brought. It was incredible. But we, we were talking after church, and uh, he shared that verse out of Proverbs 4.23 about keeping your heart with all diligence. And it just, it jumped in my spirit when he talked about the, he was talking to me about the meaning of guarding and keeping and how that it's to make that cage or to imprison the heart, right, and to protect it from all those things. And, and then I went back uh, today, actually, and I listened to the message from last week on the podcast. And if you're not doing that, you need to do that. I went back and I listened to it from last Wednesday, and it was awesome. And it was right on point with what we were talking about Sunday. And as, as the word came Sunday to challenge us to change our lens, to not be conformed to the world in the way that we see the world, to not just write off the world the way the world does, amen, but to see it through God's lens, through God's eyes. And it, it stirred in me, and so I'm kind of doing a, a, a part two to his last week, and I asked him if I could, so he knows, he's aware of what we're doing. Uh, But I'm calling this the other side of guarding your heart, the other side of guarding your heart. We are going to be in Proverbs 4 again, but he talked so well last Wednesday about keeping the little foxes out, keeping those things out that shouldn't have a piece of your heart. He talked about how that Facebook doesn't get his heart. Amen? You shouldn't let Facebook have any part of you, much less your heart. Amen? Uh, Attention is bad enough when it comes to Facebook or social media. But there's these things that are constantly trying to get into our lives, these, these voices that are constantly trying to speak into our ears, our ears that are trying to lead us astray, and you've got to guard against that. Yes, you've got to guard against that. But as we read this verse today, I, I want to share something with you that God kind of quickened in my spirit as we were talking on Sunday. And uh, I, w- I want to read it to you, and then we'll, we'll dig in, okay? Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Uh, Verse 25 says, let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Verse 26 says, ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Verse 27, turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Remove thy foot from evil. So, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. As we were talking about this Sunday, it, it quickened within my spirit that when you look at the definition for keep or for guard, as he said, it's to imprison, it's to put in a cage, and really in the Strong's in the original language it means to besiege. You know, you know what a siege is? Have you ever watched a movie like about medieval stuff? When they besiege a city, they would surround a walled city and they would cut off all the supply lines coming in and out of the city. And the goal was, if they could not overpower them militarily, Say the city had big walls. They could not get in. Then they could starve them out. Or they would shoot fire arrows into the city and they would burn them out, smoke them out. So it it was a, a war tactic to keep the people that were in the city trapped to the point that they would be willing to do anything to get out. So when this word says keep your heart with all diligence, yes, it means keep those things out. It means keep out the little foxes. But what jumped in my spirit was, our heart is wild. What do you put in cages? What do you put in boxes? What do you lock up? What do you keep away? Yes, precious things, but you also put wild things in cages. Has anybody, have your heart ever been wild? Has your heart ever led you down a path that you weren't sure? Well, afterwards you knew you shouldn't have gone down. Some of the guys are like waving. Yes. Our heart Even though our culture says, like Brandon said, our culture says, follow your heart. Our heart is one of the worst things in the world you can follow. It's wild. It's passionate. It's reckless. All the issues of life come from it. And so when when Solomon, writing to his son, says, keep your heart with all diligence, besiege your heart, he's not just talking about the things you keep out. But there's some things that need to stay in. Amen? Amen. There's some things that ought not escape your mouth, because your mouth is connected to your heart. Remember, Jesus said that in Matthew 12, 34. Generation of vipers, right? You brood of vipers. He said, for out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. The issues of our heart often flow out of our mouth. There are things that, as believers, that undermine our destiny because we let it out. There are things that undermine the cause of this house and the cause of your house because you talk about it. There are fears. There are overwhelming things. There's all kinds of things that get out that ought never get out. If we keep our heart, if we guard it with all diligence, if we besiege our heart, then we are in control of what comes in and what goes out because doors go both ways. It's not just an exit point, and it's not just an entry point. As believers, we have to safeguard what is in our heart, and I I believe the Holy Spirit is challenging us to keep things in our heart because if we keep it in our heart, that's where God can deal with it. Have you ever said something, and it escapes, and then there's all this fallout, a mushroom cloud, And then the aftermath and the fallout. And when the dust settles, this one's mad about this part of it. This one's mad about that part. It happens with preachers, too. Sometimes we say things in the pulpit that make people mad. Sometimes we don't care if it makes them mad because it's still right. Sometimes we say stupid things in our emotions because we even get emotional when we're up here screaming at you passionately. It happens. Sometimes sometimes things slip out. But if we have had those experiences, then as believers we ought to know, we've got to know, that there are things within our heart that must stay there. There are fears inside you that do not belong outside of you. There are words and thoughts and ideas that should never get out into the air. Because when they get into the air, they get power. They get life. They get life to them. The Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And here's the problem. If, if what we think, if what's locked up in there is dysfunctional and flawed and messed up, and then it gets out, then people perceive us as dysfunctional and flawed and messed up, and it undermines what we believe of ourselves, what God can do with us. It undermines what other people can do with us or, or, or can, can get from us. It undermines all of that, and it creates all these issues relationally and at work and all these different things that go on. Man, so much in our life would be solved if we could just keep everything in. Is that a fair statement? Just keep it in. Don't, you, there's people you don't want to ask how they are because you know they'll tell you. I don't need to know everything that happened this week. I've got stuff happening this week, and I can't take yours too. Hey, man. But we undermine the cause of Christ because there are so many things that escape our heart through our fingertips, through our words, through the things that we say and do that undermine what God is wanting to do with us. But as a church, as a body of believers who are called, who are here for a reason, whose voice is empowered to speak and change the air, as those kind of people, we have to understand what must come out and what must stay in. And if it must stay there, it must stay there for a reason. Look at what Solomon said through the rest of this passage. He says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Then the next verse says, put away a froward mouth. Or or in in the New Living Translation, it says, avoid perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Why? There's something corrupt and perverse in your heart that's getting out. And it undermines what God is doing in your life. Did you know that person when you were in school? I do all these examples all the time. The youth groups conditioned me to do this because it's a relation point here. Did you ever have that friend in school that was kind of a, you know, he talked about things he shouldn't talk about all the time? Potty humor, body stuff, just gross stuff. I had a friend like that when I was in elementary school. And loved the guy to death. He was a blast until he started talking. And then all these things start coming out, and you're just like, oh, why, man? Why would you think about that? Why would you talk about that? And while that's an extreme example, there's all kinds of believers that speak and allow anything but the wonderful works of God to come out. When the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost, what marveled the people was not just that they were speaking in languages they didn't know, but they were speaking the wonderful works of God. What was coming out of them was what God can do, what God has said, what He's promised and what He's going to fulfill. That's what was coming out of them, not what the enemy said, not what they thought about it, not what they understood in their limited understanding. They were controlling. The Holy Spirit put a check on that heart. And the perverse things and the corrupt speech, it, it stopped. And only the wonderful works of God came out. And it changed a city in a day. 3,000 people were added to the, to the kingdom in a day. Because people were not talking what was in their heart. They were talking about what God was doing. They allowed the words of God in them to supersede their words. So in verse 27 or verse 25, Gosh, verse 24, I'm all over the place. Verse 24, he's, he's, he begins listing these things that flow out of the heart that create issues. Corrupt speech, perverse talk. Verse 25 says, look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Because if you don't, your heart will keep you living in the past. How can we change a world? How can we change a city if we're living in five years ago? Or ten years ago when that person left us? Or when we failed so horribly, when we made that mistake, how can we advance the cause of Christ when we're still back here, whining and crying legitimately? Sometimes it's legitimate. People have good reason to live in the past sometimes. But we have a higher reason to move ahead. And man, that thing that's in our heart that's keeping us back there, that thing needs to be besieged. That thing needs to be pushed down and stuck in a cage so that God can deal with it. That thing doesn't need to be given legs. That thing doesn't need to be given energy and thought and time. It's already taken too much. It needs to be pushed down and put back in there because that's where God gets in. God gets in our heart. David, King David said, and I believe this is the influence for Solomon's writing in Proverbs chapter 4. In Psalm 51.10, King David said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Have you read the, the first part of Psalm 51? Psalm 51 says this is a psalm of David that he wrote when Nathan the prophet came to him. Do you remember what happened when Nathan the prophet came to him? Nathan the prophet comes to King David and he says, there's a man in your kingdom who has taken a little lamb from a family and he's destroyed that family for the sake of that lamb. And King David says, who is the man? I'll avenge them. And the prophet wheels around and points that finger and he says, you're the man because you took Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. God revealed David's sin with Bathsheba. and In that moment, David was found out. But What came out of him was not I'm I'm done. It's over for me. What came out of him was, Create within me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. It's got to start in here. We like to focus on the outside because that's what we see and sense and hear. But it's got to start inside. If I guard my heart, that's where God can deal with my junk. And David, in his greatest failure... And this is important. His greatest failure with Solomon's mom. Remember, Solomon, his mother was Bathsheba. The very woman that David had the affair with and killed her husband so that that he could be with her. They They had a child that was conceived in their affair. And that child died as a punishment because of their sin. But their next child was Solomon. God took... A situation that was a wild heart out of control. And he redeemed it in Solomon. Because David wrote, create within me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. If David had just given himself over to those passions that had messed him up so much, perhaps Solomon would have never come along. Perhaps we would have never had these words in in Proverbs chapter 4. Because Solomon was telling his son, hey, my dad used to tell me about what happens when a heart goes wild. When a heart goes wild, things things happen. We need a clean heart. If we're going to make an impact in our city, we need a clean heart. Amen? If we're going to make a difference in our families, we got to have a clean heart. Now, if you're like me, you don't have a clean heart all the time. We've got things in us that ought not be there. But we have a God in us who ought not be there either. Amen? And He made a way where there was no way. He did the impossible for us. So I wanna, I'm talking about the, the other side of guarding your heart. Yes, keep the, the foxes out. Keep the junk out. Keep the little stuff out. But there's things in us that need to be pushed down pushed back, besieged, taken over, the the things that we need to look at and we need to say, you're not getting out of me. You're not getting out of me and into my kids. Amen? Because our children imitate what they see. Not what we tell them what they see. That's what they imitate. And so you're not getting out of me because if you get out of me, you're going to destroy them. That's what we have to do. And we have to say the same thing for our neighbors and our coworkers. We have to say when they're all freaking out at work, we have to push that down. And we have to say, God, you deal with that in me. And what comes out of us needs to be the wonderful works of God. It needs to be those things. It needs to be God creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. There's too much at stake for us to just let anything go. The season's changed. It's it's different now. God is speaking something to us on purpose because He's got folks for us. Yes, our kids. Yes, our loved ones. But our friends, our enemies, our neighbors, He's got them earmarked for us. But we've got to be in the condition. It starts in the house of the Lord. Amen? We've got to be in condition to go out and to speak the wonderful works of God. We've got to be people who are spiritually aware enough that we can say, God, there are some wrong things in me that need to be made right. That's spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is not denying those flaws that you have. It's not covering them up and saying, well, it's my thorn in the flesh. What a cop-out. It's not your thorn in the flesh. It's something that God himself can fix in you. It's something that God himself can do in you. What would it look like if we had a church full of people whose hearts were being made clean every single day? In every single adverse situation, in every opportunity, our first response was, create in me a clean heart, oh God. Instead of, well, this is what I think. Or did you hear this? Or did you see that? Keyboard, phone, right? Can you believe that? Well, what about this? or what about that? Create in me a clean heart, oh God. A clean heart, a pure heart, a righteous heart, a heart like your heart. Create in me a clean heart. It's the only way for our wild, flawed, dysfunctional heart and all the issues that come with it, it's the only way for it to be dealt with. If we cry out to God every day, "Created me a clean heart, what can he do with us? What can he do? How would it change what we think about and what we talk about? We think on the things that we talk about. Amen? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So our words reveal what's going on in us. And when you're overwhelmed, and, 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 and I've been in that season where you're overwhelmed, and that's like, you're just like, ah, I can't get over this. I can't get past this. And it's, you want to talk about it, you want to talk about it, and sometimes it's good to talk about it, but, but sometimes we're talking to the wrong people about it. Sometimes we got things we should only be talking to God about. We should only be going to Him and saying, God, this is not right in me. Clean me. Clean me. Oh, clean me. It, it, it's, we don't have to be perfect to make a difference, church. But we have to be actively Pushing back against those things that would destroy what God wants to do in our life. And the best way to do that is to give him ownership of it. To put that stuff in that cage. Say, God, this is yours to deal with. Whatever you got to change in me, God, change it in me. But God, don't let it come out of my mouth again. Don't let it come out of my actions again. Remember, he said perverse speech, uh, perverse and corrupt speech. He said He talked about looking ahead. Straight before thee because you don't want to live in the past. Verse 26, he said, ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. This verse speaks of thought and intent and planning. All that starts in here. Verse 27, it says, don't get sidetracked. This is the New Living Translation. In the King James, it says, don't turn to the right hand nor the left. Keep your feet from following evil. Why? Because when those things get out of our our heart, they affect how we walk. They affect where we walk. The way we walk. The Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. And yet there's lots of folks in the body of Christ who walk in paths they were never meant to walk in. See, I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death as long as He's with me. But if I take myself to the valley of the shadow of death, if I go a place that God's not called me to go, I put myself in a spot that I was never meant to be in. I get in a lane I was not called to be in. You with me? Talking about the other side of guarding your heart. Yes, keep out the stuff, but keep in the stuff. Because if you keep it in there long enough, God's going to fix it. So long as you're crying out, give me a clean heart Oh God, give me a clean heart. Oh God, I need a clean heart, Lord. I need you to move in my heart because in my heart, everything else is coming out. Where I'm at in the moment, the way I speak, my plans, the path that you've called me to, or being sidetracked toward evil, all of that flows from my heart. I believe again in this season that God is. Challenging us. That he's calling us to a place that maybe some of us have never been. As a church, that he's calling us to a place that maybe we haven't considered for a while. And it's a place of mission, it's a place of action. But if we're not ready in here, we're going to fall and we're going to fail. And the outcome, the aftermath, is not just going to be our failure, but it's going to be people. It's going to be souls. And I don't mean to—I don't mean to bring a heavy thing to you, but I—I I mean to bring a hopeful thing to you. A hopeful thing that says, "Hey, number one, if my heart is messed up, if there's things in me that are wrong, God can take care of that. He can create a clean heart out of a nasty, destroyed, dirt, heart, uh, dirty heart. He can do that. It's amazing. And if you've—if you've been you know, journeying with God for very long, you've experienced probably some of that. Those things that you used to do and used to say that you don't do and say anymore. Because God's worked on you and he's changed you, right? But he can do the whole thing. Not just the parts that you're giving him. He can do the whole thing if you'll allow him. Creating me a clean heart. What can we do? What can we do? How effective could we be? If we keep out the bad, keep out the things that don't belong, and keep in the things that aren't allowed to escape. Those thoughts of failure, those thoughts of inferiority, those things ought never cross your lips because you've not been made to be inferior. You've not been made to be brought low. We have been made to conquer. We have been called and purposed to conquer in this season, even in a pandemic, even in political chaos, even in all the stuff that's going on in our culture. We have been called to do something effective. But we got to work this stuff out in here. Got to. It's the only way. It's the only way. I can't help somebody if I'm destroyed. Remember in Matthew 7, Jesus says, judge not lest you be judged. And he talks about the, the, the speck in your neighbor's eye and the plank in your own eye. He talks about all that. What does he say to do? He says, remove the plank from your own eye first. Then go help the guy with his speck. Our culture takes that passage, and they say, "See, you can't judge me. You got your own issues." And, and to which I say, "I can't judge you until I fixed my issues, or allowed God to fix those issues in me. And once He's fixed me, that means I know how He can fix you, and together we can we can find a path toward fixing." Amen. So I, I, I want to hopefully position us over the next few weeks to consider the outflow of our heart: what escapes. And how does that escape affect those around us, believer and non-believer alike? That's where I want to go with this. We'll see if God allows it to go that way. Uh, But that's where I'm hoping to go with it. But I want to start with this, this idea based off of what Brandon brought last week, that we must allow God to deal with the stuff within us. We have to. There's too much at stake in our homes, in our workplace, in our city. We have to. Stay with me tonight. Thank you for listening today to The Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.